The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to till it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall die. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animal that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God say, You shall not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, nor shall you touch it or you shall die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made loincloths for themselves. This is our first Sunday in the Lenten season. It is uh, this time, these 40 days plus the Sundays, when we prepare our spirits, when we prepare our hearts for God's gift to us on Easter. And during this season of Lent, I have placed before the village a question, which is what distracts you from listening to God? What distracts you, us, from listening to God? And this story in Genesis 2 and 3 gives us a perfect way to understand this question that we are reflecting on throughout the season of Lent. Now, listen, so often when we think about the creation stories, and especially this second one that we think of as the fall, we have this tendency to see it kind of like a uh, historical thing, right? Oh, this is what happened in the beginning. This is why we are the way we are. It's like the blame game. If not for those, not you, for those people, in the beginning, things would be better. If it weren't for them, we wouldn't be this way. But you see, it's not really a history story at all. It's really a story that is speaking to us today and asking us to see ourselves within this scene. And it helps to answer for us that very question, what is it that distracts us from listening to God? So you will remember that in the beginning, God had created this perfect 
existence, this paradise, the man, the woman, all the animals, they're all buds, right? You know, you, you, you've heard me say before that the man's walking around during the day going, hello, giraffe, how are you, elephant? You know, they're all great friends. And not only that, but in the cool of the evening, God comes and walks with the people. Now, you shouldn't think that somehow God, you know, like a genie goes whoosh and comes down in human form. The only time God becomes human is in Jesus. But it's this sense that the scripture is conveying of God's unmediated, direct, pure presence with these people. There's nothing between these people and God. They have the most, most... perfect relationship with God in this perfect place where everything is just the way it should be. And so we get this figure of the serpent. Now, first of all, sometimes we turn the serpent into the devil and there is nothing in the scriptures that says this is the devil. It's a serpent. It is a creature created by the living God. And it is among God's most crafty creatures. Now, here's the thing. That Hebrew word, arum, arum, crafty, is almost always in the Hebrew scriptures a positive thing. Go look in the Psalms. Every time it shows up or in the Proverbs, our room, crafty, is, is actually a positive thing. It means that it's an intelligent creature. It means uh, that it is a questioning creature. In other words, what we should understand about this serpent is that it's exactly who God made it to be. You see, the only creature in all of existence that isn't exactly who God made it to be is us. We're the ones who are always trying to be something other than who God has made us to be. But, but the serpent is exactly who God made it to be. It's not its fault. And so the serpent says, did God say? Now, what we ought to see is in those words, this serpent has come in between the woman and God. This serpent is now becoming the distraction for the woman that is distracting her from God. And it leads me to ask us, what is your serpent? What is our serpent? What is the thing that distracts us from the living God? What gets in the way? And my goodness, I can name for us so many things that gets in between us and God and becomes our serpent. For some, it is anger. For some, it's an inability to forgive. For others, it's fear. 
For some people, it becomes uh, this idea that uh, I'm not good enough, I don't have enough, I I need more things, I I need to be somebody. There are all these things that distract us. Maybe it's that something wrong with me physically that needs to be healed. Maybe there's a broken relationship. Maybe uh, there is something even that the church has told me growing up that is putting a wedge between me and God. What is your serpent? What is distracting each of us and us as the body of Christ from that more direct relationship with God? You know if you spend time thinking about it. What is your distraction? But then, in the next moment, so... Here's the serpent says, did God say, you can't eat from any of these trees in the garden? And the woman says, no, God didn't say that. God said, you can eat freely of all the trees in the garden except for this one tree in the middle. Nope, can't even touch that one. You see, the woman knows what God has said. The woman has heard, either directly from God or from the man in the garden, has heard what God has said about that tree, that God has tried to say to the people, you know what, you're a human being created by me, and there are some limits to who you are and what you can do. It's just a reminder of that, that I'm God, you're not. She knows the right thing. But does she listen? You see, that's, there's this big difference. This, that's really the key here. We talk about goes in one ear and out the other. You ever said that to somebody? Oh, oh yeah, to my kids all the time, right? goes in one ear and out the other. They heard, but they didn't listen. Because listening has this active component to it. Listening has this sense of I'm going to do a certain thing because I really listened deeply. Imagine your kids come home from school and you say, okay, I'll tell you what, go uh, do your homework. And when you're done with your homework, you ought to have some time to play before dinner. And so after about 30 or 40 minutes, uh, you go over to the kids, and they haven't even started their homework. And you say, were you listening? They heard you, but they didn't listen. You see, this is the trouble we have with God as well. We have heard what God says, but we don't always listen. We hear the word of God, but then we don't always take it to heart and enact it. It's as if God is saying, were you listening? The woman has heard. The man has heard. But it doesn't seem like they were listening. And so it is that the woman thinks, you know what? That looks mighty good after all, right? The distraction is said to her, hey, hey, look at that fruit. You'll be better for the fruit. You will be more of you. You will, like that, you'll be wise. Oh, my goodness, not only that, but you're going to be God. 
It's the very thing that's supposed to remind you that you're not God. And now, if you eat from it, you will be like God. And ultimately, as we know, these people are sent from the garden and the gates closed behind. You see, we spend so much of our lives looking for the quick fix. We spend so much of our lives thinking, if I only won the lottery, life would be perfect. If I only got married or divorced, my life would be perfect. If I only had a new house, my life would be perfect. If I could only get that job, my life would be perfect. Oh, if only this, if only we had another 300 members in this church, it would be perfect. There are no quick fixes. You can't just climb over the, the garden walls and get back into the garden. Confessing Jesus is not a quick fix. So many people want you to believe that if you confess Jesus, you're saved and you don't have to worry about anything. But the truth is, when you confess Jesus, it's about a day-by-day following him, trying to keep the distractions away by keeping your eyes on him and trying to listen to what he is saying. You know, uh, our life in God is like God has created us and everything. And then, you know, there are really no secrets about how we are supposed to, to live. That's why I say, you know, Jesus tells us the great commandment. Learn to love. Learn to set judgment aside. Uh, learn to help others. Have compassion. Have mercy. It's pretty clear the things that we are called to do. But it's as if we get the, the owner's manual... And then we're like, oh, I know how this, you know, uh, I'm sure some of you read every word of your owner's manual, but, but many of us, we open the glove box, throw it in or put it in the cabinet, and we never look at it until, until things start to break down. Then we're like, where's that owner's manual? Let me see what I can find. You see, in this life, there are no quick fixes. We always have these serpents that are showing up. We always have these distractions, and we always have to struggle with listening to God because we always want to reach for the fruit and be like God. And in fact, you know, as I was preparing this, I was thinking about those churches that are disaffiliating and they, they, they act as if, if we just do this, we're going to open up the gates of the Garden of Eden and we're going to get right back there and be just like God. And the, and the sad thing is, they're going to find out they're in the same world they've always been in. And they haven't fixed a thing. The only way to get back to the garden. The only way to get back into that pure and unmediated kind of relationship with God is to follow Jesus Christ every day, to love God, to love our neighbor, and to love ourselves with the kind of openness of spirit that reminds us over and over again that God is God and we are not 
And once we can learn that lesson, it makes following Jesus a whole lot easier.